wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Now, please welcome at this time your hosts, Graham, GSM Matthews, and RJ Marceau. You're listening to the next era of wrestling radio. This is Wrestle Rant Radio. WrestleRant Radio coming at you here today, November 2nd, 2023. Lots to talk about. Per usual, we're talking about NXT Halloween Havoc Night 2 here today, Monday Night Raw. A really good show with that. An eventful dynamite for better or for worse for Monday, from rather for Wednesday night from AEW. And Crown Jewel predictions coming at you on Saturday as well. Lots to get into. Mr. Marcel, brother, how you doing? Doing good, how are you? Doing great. How was your Halloween on uh, Tuesday night? It was good. I had spin class, so I didn't actually get home till like eight thirty. Didn't see any trick or treaters, um, but I mean, it was nice. I dressed up for work. I was uh, nice. Stitch again, um, but yeah, it wasn't too bad. So you reused the uh, the Stitch costume from what last year? Oh yeah, because yes. st- I was Stitch too. So I forgot we were all we we were both Stitch. I forgot about that. Molly was an angel, was she? The last mm. year. No, she was Lilo. Oh, Lilo. Okay, yeah, we got matching onesies with the uh, angels, the the pink stitch. I'm I'm a stitch aficionado, so I know all the <laughs> I know all the stitch lore. Um, that was last year's costume. I should reuse my costumes more so they don't go to waste, and so I don't have to fucking buy a new one. But that's just my own uh, you know opinion on it. But back to the wrestling side of things, you can catch new episodes, of course, every single week, every single Thursday, and WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss a new episode every single week. Uh, so let's get right into it, Mr. Marceau. No time wasted here. I actually really liked Monday's Raw. I did not catch it live, and I was kicking myself afterward. It was the you know, Mischief Night edition of Monday Night Raw, which I don't know. Have you ever recognized October 30th as Mischief Night? I think that's a Northeast thing, or maybe that's just a Connecticut thing. Have you ever heard of that before, by the way? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Must be just a Connecticut thing or something within my circles from 20 years ago. October 30th at one point was recognized as Mischief Night. Obviously, maybe not anymore, but it was a long time ago in my neck of the woods, but maybe I'm just imagining things. Anyway, Monday Night Raw from this past week. Uh, I thought it was a really good show, and we'll kind of talk about the main talking points here. One of my main takeaways here, though, was the, I say excessive amount, but it wasn't excessive. I thought we just got a lot of them, that being video packages. Some of them were profile packages. Some of them were hyping up matches for Crown Jewel, building matches and feuds and getting you introduced to wrestlers and, and kind of serving as a reminder or a refresher on who this person is, what they're about. We got one for a lot of people on uh, Monday night, including Candice LeRae and Zia Lee, the Drew McIntyre one we'll talk about later, the Creeds, among many other people. They got a lot of, uh, you know, even individual profile packages for every woman in that fatal five-way match coming up on Saturday at Crown Jewel for the uh, Women's World Championship. 
What was your take on all the video packages on Monday? I feel like this is another sign that Triple H is indeed in complete creative control of Raw. Not that every show is going to be great, because last week's show was okay at best. But this week's show is a nice step in the right direction in terms of attempting to get everyone over. But on the other side of it, you have to remember, you can't get everyone over at once. So what's your take? What do you think about all the video packages we saw on Monday night? No, I thought it was good. I think, especially for the women, I think it helps just kind of, I don't know if I'd say, it just like, I feel like gets people more familiar with them, especially like the NXT cops, like you said. Um, but no, I think it's good. I, I don't think it's ever a bad thing. I think just like keep reassuring it or putting it in someone's face will definitely at least get the point across or like kind of seem like it's important. Like, even though I'm not loving the Nakamura stuff, at least they keep giving to you every week. Um, kind of make it seem like it's a big deal and they're building something. So I think it's a good thing overall. But also, like I said, if you can't get them in a match on screen, it just helps kind of give them give you their motives if you not ex- exactly know who they are, kind of a little background, and then we move on. So I think it's nice to just get it in there, uh, especially if they're not wrestling that night. We're seeing so many people that are trying to push it once, which, again, is commendable, but, again, you're not going to get everyone over simultaneously. I mean, they're trying with Ivar right now. I know we've, we've talked at length before about the Viking Raiders, and uh, Eric's out hurt right now. I actually just saw earlier, actually this morning on, on Twitter, that he posted that he went underwent, underwent successful neck surgery, I think for, like, neck fusion. He's going to be out for a long time. Um, so Ivar is going to be on his own for a while. Not that he's going to be a world champion, but I appreciate that they're trying with him, and they did the Viking rules match with Kofi, and he beat Kofi, which is worth something. I mean, Kofi's a former WWE champion. He's going to be involved in that number one contenders match next week for the Intercontinental Championship, but you see a package for him. You see a package for, like I said, Candice and Zia Lee. Who from this current crop of people that kind of comes to mind, do you see them trying with that it's actually going to work? Like, for example, with Zia Lee, I think she's really good. I think she's improved a lot over the years. She's gone through a lot of bad gimmicks. Uh, a lot of bad luck, not really with injuries, but in terms of them just kind of forgetting about her. She's been in the main roster now for almost two years, which is kind of crazy, and they haven't done really shit with her until now. She's feuding with Becky Lynch. Will that really get her over? I don't know. I'm not 100. I can't say for certainty that it will, but at least they're trying. Is there anyone that you see them trying with right now on Raw that you think will kind of break through that pack and actually end up getting over in the long run? It's tough. I feel like. <sighs> trying to think like Nakamura I feel like he's just like already made so like him I wouldn't even include like they are definitely pushing him Ivar like I said I like what they're doing with him but he's not my cup of tea so I mean I think it's work it's like I said at least it's doing something with him but I'm not overly like enthralled with it but for the women I mean I feel like Chelsea Green I mean for what they've done with her I feel like she's not kind of in that group but from where she was originally when she was in the company to now I feel like she's definitely a lot more over than she was before um I think maybe if they put more, I think if they put more into Zoe Stark, I feel like she could. I mean, she beat Trish, and then we haven't really seen anything since. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like people totally forgot about that. Like, I saw someone put up the clip the other day. It was like her, like literally, like turning on Trish, and like had they just like forgotten about this? Because I feel like it was like that happened. Then she had a little thing with Shayna, um, and then it's kind of been. I feel it's been like pretty quiet since. So, I mean, I think for me, I would say she. I think she has like the best chance, to, like break out, if you want to say that. Um, but I think just like I said, doing it for everyone would be a good start, um, just to kind of get people more familiar, uh, especially with the NXT people that aren't on either TV a lot or just, you don't really know them. Yeah, no, listen, like I said, I give them credit for trying. I think, um, you mentioned Chelsea Green. We don't see really a lot of video packages for her, but it is something I've noticed in recent weeks where both last week and this week, 
She's on all three shows alongside Piper Niven. They're the current WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. We've had a lot to say about those titles, how important they are, how not important they are. Just, they're pretty much pointless at this point. But they were defended on NXT this week. She was involved in a trick-or-street fight this week. She's having a match on Friday with uh, Piper against Shotzi and a partner of her choosing. They have a lot going on simultaneously, which is kind of cool, and they should be going across all three brands. So I like that. I wish we would see more of that with those titles and just with the women in general. Um, I think that, uh, you know, they've done a good job with her lately, and they could be doing a better job with other people, but at least it's, it's a step in the right direction. Um, but one team that got a video package on Monday to kind of introduce you to who they were, what they were about, their background, were the Creed Brothers. They made their Monday Night Raw debut, and I don't think, I, I maybe they've been on Raw in a backstage segment. I don't think we've seen them wrestle on Raw yet. Maybe they've been on SmackDown. We've seen a lot of NXT people on SmackDown in the past. For example, Roxanne Perez had a SmackDown match about a year ago, and which I completely forgot about. So when she eventually gets called up, it's technically not her debut, it might be her debut in the terms of being her official call-up, but you know what I mean. But the Creed Brothers were on Monday's Raw. They accepted the Alpha Academy Open Challenge from over the weekend on Twitter. Went in there, uh, got a good video package, and had a great match. Not only did they have a great match, probably the best match in the entire show by far, they won clean. And again, I know it's Alpha Academy. They're not beating the Tag Team Champions, and Alpha Academy lost a lot last year. But Chad's pretty over. Alpha Academy on the whole is actually pretty over. And they beat them clean. They got a good reaction. They were very impressive. Uh, the Creeds have come a long way in the past two years since they arrived in NXT, right around the NXT 2.0 era getting underway. Uh, they've been long overdue for a main roster call-up. They've gotten maybe four or five different tag title shots this year that they've lost in an attempt to regain the tag titles. And, you know, it was about time for them to go up. Unless they were getting another rematch and losing, it was time for them to get called up. They did on Monday, and the word on the street is that they are officially part of the main roster now. Whether it be Raw or SmackDown, I'm not sure. But what did you make of their main roster debut on Monday, beating Alpha Academy and uh, in clean fashion, no less, as well? Yeah, I thought it was a good start. Like you said, I, I it's kind of weird because I feel like they're, not that they're the same team, but like kind of are a yeah, very yeah. similar team to Alpha Academy. So I think it was kind of funny that was kind of like who their like big debut match was against. So like I said, like they're basically like the same team. So, um, but I thought they looked good. Um, I was honestly shocked. I mean, we not have to go how long we have, but I was honestly shocked that they won on NXT just because I figured once they got called up, I feel like that would kind of be like their swan song. But, yeah. um, but no, I thought it was a good match. I like that they brought Ivy Nile with them. I know it's Triple H, but I know Vince would just be like, oh, nope, you're just staying in NXT, mm -hmm. you're not going to be involved. So I think she's like a nice little part of the team. Like, so I'm glad they won here. I just, I kind of fear for them on Raw a little bit, just because like I said they are so similar to Alpha Academy. I don't really know what they're going to do with them. And like, I don't know if they're going to be, their faces, and they're so are the Alpha Academy technically. So I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see what they're going to do with them. Um, but I think it's a good start. Like I said, I thought it was a good, it was a good match. Pretty sure it went through like a break. So like they gave them a decent amount of time. Thought they looked good. Uh, and obviously just getting the win, I feel like is very important, especially on the first night. So I, I was pretty happy with it. Yeah. I'm not sure if they're tied to one show or another at this current point. I think they're just on the main roster. They might be on the raw roster. I mean, the question also is why would you have them debut on raw? If you're going to have them go to SmackDown? I mean, that's a valid question. I'm not sure, but you are right though. Cause I was thinking on Monday, this brand specifically Raw has a lot of babyface tag teams in addition to Alpha Academy now maybe the Creeds you have to remember they also have the New Day and the Reunited DIY those are a lot of babyface teams right there I know the tag team champions are heels that being Cody Rhodes and Damian Priest I'm, I'm not I mean that was the match that we're getting at Crown Jewel Damian Priest and Finn Balor are the current tag team champions 
the tag titles can float between the brands. So it really doesn't matter what brand they go to, but I feel like for them to get more TV time, they would probably be better off on uh, on SmackDown. And I think they just fit that brand better anyway. They could put Ivy Nile in the women's division, get her some TV time, because uh, she's not bad in the ring either. So I could see them going to SmackDown and maybe getting some success over there. Um, but I thought they had a great debut. They looked really impressive. And you're right. I was also very surprised. They won on Tuesday beating Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo, uh, Humberto Carrillo in that tables, ladders, and scares match. Because I thought that would be it for them. It probably is. But typically people lose or put over the team on the way out. I know they're basically a main roster team are the former Los Lotharios. But still, um, they had a big week and I thought they went over in a big way. But I mentioned DIY. What'd you make of their reunion on Monday? And we already saw them reunite, but the reunion match against Imperium, which I thought was well-wrestled. They picked up the win as well. It's going to take, you know, they weren't as over in front of this crowd, probably as even the Creed brothers were. But they also got a video package, went over in clean fashion. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're doing everything right so far with DIY. And I feel like there's a better chance they get over together, do Gargano and Ciampa, than they do individually right now on Raw. No, I completely agree. I think the biggest problem with the Gargano specifically because like even Champa, like I feel like he had like his own little singles run I feel like he kind of figured it out a little bit I mean he also was associated with the Miz um but Gargano specifically I feel like he just like felt like just another guy in the roster when he got called up from NXT so I think putting him with Champa, like I said I feel like it's a good start they can have this like little reunion uh, I thought the match against Imperium was good like just I think that starting off like this and then I mean, assumingly eventually get the turn, but I think with Gargano specifically, it just like it took him a while for people to kind of warm up to him, especially if they don't know him. Um, like my dad be the first person to be like, who is this guy? Like, no idea who he is. Not like he's like the biggest guy ever. It's like just the way that people work nowadays. Like he does kind of just like the modern style. So it's not like he really stands out from anything else. Um, but I think, like you said, putting him in a tag team can help kind of build his character and then kind of that would kind of help with getting his, like, in-ring over. Yeah, no, I think so. I think kind of get people used to what he can do in the ring and then showcase some more in singles matches. Um, I think this is the right way to go. They need more tag teams anyway. They just broke up Owens and Zayn, who were the top babyface in the division, top babyface team in the division. And I don't think Cody and Jay are still a team, from what I can kind of gather. And I don't... I mean, Jay did tease going back after the tag titles on Monday's Raw. Nothing else was said about it, but I could see a rematch maybe next Monday in Raw after Crown Jewel. But again, that's not a team for the long term either. So you need more actual teams. This is an actual team. And I like it a lot. One team that might not be for the long term is Imperium. Well, now, we've talked about this before, but they teased more tension on Monday. And the story they're telling is that Vinci continues to eat the losses for their team. Kaiser is actually protected to a certain degree. He wins a lot of his singles matches. And it's weird because he wins a lot of his singles matches. And then he doesn't lose in the tag team matches. He's pretty much protected. They've given him video packages. Kaiser's great. Vinci's great as well, but they treat him like a punching bag. You know, honestly, watching this, this kind of made me think, do you think it's possible? I don't think he's the ultimately the one to do it. But do you think it's possible they might break him off from Imperium soon and he might challenge Gunter for the Intercontinental Championship and they kind of have hopes for him on his own as a single star? Because we kind of saw him on his own briefly in NXT last year. Doing the dumb, like, I don't know, model influencer. It was pretty stupid. It was like Tyler Breeze circa 2015. And it didn't work, and they brought him back up with Imperium, and it was great. Imperium's a great trio, but I just think they might have higher hopes for Vinci on his own. They got to build him up a lot. But I just, I don't know. I don't know why they keep teasing tension if it's not, if that's not what this is ultimately leading to, if that makes sense. You're talking about Vinci, not Ludwig. Correct, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I. 
I just feel like he's he's better with with them than without them. So it's like I guess like you said, they did the thing last year was like a Tyler Breeze model thing. I think it could work with him, but I also just feel like he's better with Imperium. Um I mean, I guess we never really know. Like you said, last year they tried and didn't really go too far, but he also just, I mean, I don't really know how long the NXT run was. But they said there has to be kind of some method in their madness, if you want to say. Like like you said, fucking uh, Ludwig wins all the time. Like, wins pretty constantly. He's never the one that loses. Um, So, I don't, I mean, there has to be something. And it's not like they just have him get beat every time for no reason. And, like, Gunther has shown, like, I don't know, anger, if you want to say, towards yeah. him, and, like, kind of lashed out on him for losing constantly. So maybe it's that. I mean, maybe it's just trying to, like, give him more of a, I don't know, maybe it gives him more of a spotlight and maybe gets, like, a like a mean edge or, like a, like, a mean streak going because, like, it seems like he's the one, like, Kaiser himself kind of has his own kind of quirky intrigue like the people like him and like he kind of is over Vinci's kind of like the third guy so maybe mm-hmm. constantly losing maybe he'll, he'll eventually just like lose his marbles and then we'll get like a mean streak out of him give him something like on his own but he needs something because he is very like on his own his own like like I said he's like a third wheel like at least Ludwig's at least over for Vinci, I just feel like he's just another guy. So yeah. maybe that's what they're doing. I don't think I'd want to break him off because I just don't think he, he – I just feel like he'd face Gunther, lose, and then he'd just be, like, doing nothing. So I, I don't think that would be, like, the greatest thing for him specifically. Yeah, I kind of worry for him just because, like you said – well, two, well, there's two different things. Do I think he's capable of a successful singles run? I do because I've seen it, and not just me. I mean, I, you have too and pretty much everyone else has. Dating back to the Cruiserweight Classic in 2016, he had a very good showing in that tournament. They signed him soon after. Did nothing for a long time um, on the Raw roster, but you know, not on the Raw roster, in NXT before getting called up. He was in NXT hell for years, but he was always very impressive. Like, the guy's really good in the ring. And on the mic, he struggles. He carries himself well. Like, he looks like a star. But, like, there was nothing out of him character-wise in NXT that really stood out to me. Like, all right, this guy's going to be the next NXT champion. He's a great wrestler. And I do think that if they really put their creative effort behind him, he could get over. Do I think it's realistic that he would or that they would push him on his own? No, I don't. Like you said, I do think they would probably have him face Gunter, regardless of what kind of showing he would have and how good he looks in defeat. I just don't think they would push him, especially at a time. It's kind of like the AEW effect. AEW has a lot of great wrestlers and a lot of great people, I think, would be higher up in the card. But they almost have too many top prospects and almost too much good talent to the point where Vinci's not someone. He's probably 15th to 20th down on the list of people I could see or would like to see as a world champion in this company. I think it'd be closer to like him maybe being a mid-card champion, which is probably the better role for him anyway. Um, but I don't know. It's interesting. I, I think we'll kind of see going forward where he kind of falls. And this has got to be leading to something at some point. I mean, they can't just be having him tease tension for no reason um, and then just lead to nothing, which they've been doing this long enough. I'm ready for the next chapter, but it is something worth keeping an eye on. Now, another thing from Raw, uh, the, the last big talking point, and we'll save the other stuff for, for Crown Jewel a little bit later on, like with Cody Rhodes and McIntyre and whatever. They got a lot of people talking even before Raw started because there was a rumor that ended up being true that The Miz might be undergoing a babyface turn. And we kind of saw the first glimpse of it on Monday's Raw, and it, it appears it is they are headed in that direction. Gunter was on Miz TV, 
And he, they, you know, they were talking to him just being champion. He's been champion now for over 500 days, blah, blah, blah. And he kind of gets into it with The Miz, who said, I was the first one to bring that championship to relevancy in recent years, which is true. And he's been treated like a joke, Gunter says, which is true. Uh, Miz called himself the biggest star in all of WWE, which is not true. I'm not sure why he would say that. That's pretty fucking laughable. But everything else that he said was true. Like, every time they need someone to step up, he does it. He hasn't won a fucking match all year, pretty much. He only beat Akira Tozawa maybe one time. That was it. Whatever. Um, beyond that, the guy never wins a match. So, you know, he needs more credibility, but it looks like we're headed towards a Gunter-Miz matchup. And on Monday, next Monday, I mentioned it before, we're getting a number one contender's fatal four-way with Miz, Ivar, Bronson Reed wants another shot, and Ricochet. I feel like Ricochet's been in fucking, like, ten of these things and never wins, so I'm not even really sure why they put him in there. I know they need a babyface probably to get pinned, but it's laughable that Ricochet's even in these matches. I like Ricochet, but they need to keep him out of these number one contender's matches. So it's those four next Monday... Number one contendership. I assume Miz wins, and if it's not, maybe Reed wins, or Ivar could win, and they save Miz for down the road. I don't know. The report also indicated he might be doing something with DIY. I don't know, like, he's not joining DIY, but maybe he could do it. I mean, I assume it would be Miz and DIY versus Imperium one of these weeks on Raw, which kind of sounds intriguing. Before I give my take on it, what is your take, Mr. Marceau, on a babyface Miz, or at least a tweener Miz, maybe even temporarily, challenging for the Intercontinental Championship, and does it fall in line with everyone else's thoughts on this isn't going to work because Miz sucks as a babyface? Um, I mean, I do think the Miz sucks as a babyface. I mean, I guess that's the first starting point. <laughs> I, think the, my, I think my biggest problem with it is, like, the classic saying he went from the outhouse to the penthouse. Like, he's, like, he, like you said, he's, he's lost constantly. And all of a sudden, what has he done to, like, justify getting a, even an opportunity to even contend for the title. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that's my biggest problem with it. It's like they're going to put him right in a program with Gunther, I guess. But, like, I just don't want to see it working because, like I said, I just think he's he's just not a good baby face. But, two, I just, I just don't like how he's just going from losing constantly to then, oh, yeah, we're going to give him a title, op- like, a chance. Even, like I said, he shouldn't even be in the match. Like, he hasn't done anything to even justify it. So, I, I think... It's a bad... I don't think it's going to work, and I think it's a bad idea just to begin with. Um, but I guess we'll see. I, I just don't think they'd put him... And what happened on Raw, and him being in this match on Monday night next week, I just don't see him losing, I guess. I mean, like I said, I, I think they could have him lose and then save that for another time. Like, they could have Ivar win, and now, yeah, he's a heel, but so is Bronson Reed, and he lost. I mean, they could do Ivar and Gunter, which kind of sounds intriguing. Ivar is actually really good in the ring. Uh, no matter how many times, you know, he's been in the main roster for years now, and it's hard to give a shit about him, I get it. But he's also really good in the ring. I think a Gunter, Ivar, hard-hitting, uh, you know, big men slapping meat match that Big E would say would be would be fun. I think Miz will get the title shot at some point. He probably is winning that match on Monday. Here's my hot take on it. And I'm not just saying this as a Miz fan. I know the obvious answer. Okay, here, here's, this is a skew <laughs> take, people. Listen, here's my hot take, my scorching hot take. Get your hand off the oven, you'll probably burn yourself. I like this, and I'm not saying I like this because I'm a Miz Mark, because you can't point to that as the reason. I'm not saying you would, but I'm just saying in general. You can't point to that as the reason, because how many times have you and I agreed, but how many times have I brought up myself, whatever Miz has been doing the past year has been fucking terrible. Like, I can't point to the last time that what he was doing was actually entertaining. And I'm not saying he's not entertaining. I'm not saying Miz sucks. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying what they've had him doing for a very long time now has been channel-changing material. The tiny balls crap and all this other shit. 
is fucking terrible. It's it's the worst. This is probably the worst I've ever seen The Miz in his entire time in the entire company, at least since he first debuted over 15 years ago. And that's just a fact. I mean, he's been involved in some pretty bad stuff for a very long time. Now, you might ask, why is this a good idea? You're right. He should have racked up some more wins before even being put in a number one contender's match. At least they're not just giving him a title shot outright, because that would be comical. He's at least going to win this four-way. He should probably win some more matches before then, make this a longer story. They should have had some more forethought put into this, because, like, why wouldn't he have won some more matches prior to this point? He's done nothing but lose for a long time. I mean, I, the LA Knight stuff was actually entertaining. I should say that. The feud they had was good. Beyond that, everything else he's been doing has been abysmal. I like this for a couple of reasons. One, he's a fresh face for Gunther to face. Gunther facing people in rematches is fine, like him and Reed Part 2. Hey, sign me the fuck up. I love their first match. But I don't want it... Like, I saw that tweet on Monday, like, oh, he's going to work with Ricochet and Nakamura. I'm like, we've already seen this. We've already seen Gunter face these people multiple times. I don't need to see that again. Miz is a fresh face for Gunter to face and to beat. Miz will not beat Gunter, obviously. The other thing is that it's something different for the Miz. It can't get much worse than what he was already doing. It's almost impossible. Like, everything he's been doing has been awful. Whatever he's been doing has been so bad that whatever they do now with him, like him as a babyface, I can't see it getting much worse. If honestly, if nothing else, it's something different for him. It's something different for the show. It's better than him out there hosting Miz TV every week, doing the same shit for fucking weeks on end, doing the same nonsense. And third point, the hottest take of them all, I don't think Miz is the worst babyface in the world. Yes, he's a natural heel. He's always been a better heel, obviously. But I've literally have been saying this for over a decade, and I think there is proof to what I'm saying here. He can be a great babyface if, with a massive asterisk next to this, if booked properly. In both times they've tried this, he's not been booked properly. They tried it over 10 years ago, and it didn't work because he didn't fucking do anything as a babyface, and he was always made to look like a loser. The second time it was more successful, they tried it during that Shane program, and listen, we were at shows during that period. I went to Two of those Shane matches, and those Shane matches weren't great, but guess what? He fucking lost both of them at Mania and Money in the Bank. I think they had a match on SmackDown that he lost to. He never beat Shane McMahon. But during that entire program, when they were doing that feud, he was over as a babyface. They tried it, and he was over in that role. They gave it a shot, and he was very over. I'm telling you. I mean, you can go back and watch those shows. He was over with the audience, because Miz is at a certain point in his career, and he was four or five years ago, where they've built up enough respect for the guy. We kind of saw it on Monday. They know him. They respect the guy. And he's not out there kissing babies. I'm not saying he should be out there doing that shit. But, like, I think the respect is there to turn him babyface. The problem is that they never book him properly. Um, I think. Because, again, that Shane feud was entertaining to a certain point when Shane just kept winning for absolutely no fucking reason and Shane never got his come up into the hands of The Miz, so it didn't work. I don't know. I just think people have this warped view that he's not a great babyface. I agree with that. But he can be a very over babyface if they book him properly. I'm not even saying he should be Gunter. I understand that. But I'm just saying that I think this can work if they tread carefully. Maybe align him with Miz and Gargano. Or, I'm sorry, Ciampa and Gargano. He has history with Ciampa. They're not over either, obviously, but I mean, it's maybe they can benefit from working with Miz. I don't know, but just I don't know. I just think this is I, I actually like this idea. It's something new, and I like the exchange that we saw on Monday. Any any rebuttal or any response that I kind of went on a rant there, I apologize, but I'm just very passionate about this because I do think it could work. And if nothing else, it's better than the tiny balls bullshit that we've been sitting through for a year and a half now. I feel like after that rant, I feel like I can't like disagree with it. I mean. <laughs> You just made so many good points. I feel like I can't be like, no, I don't. I don't think so. So, I, I think I like your points. I, I think that's probably my favorite part of your argument is you gave valid points and reasoning. I think 
like you said, how many times are we going to have to see Gunther and Ricochet? I get that. Like I said, there really isn't that many more baby faces for him to work with. So I get that. Like I said, I guess, like you said, I think you put the perfect cherry on top if he's booked correctly, which is a big F. Yeah. I mean, we know this company. I mean, wouldn't shock me if he's just a tiny ball to lose or stuff. Like I said, that stuff is terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, you, I, I don't even know, like, who thought of I mean, some fucking dumb writer thought of it, but, like, that just hasn't helped him at all. Like I said, he's not serious. Like, this would be the best chance to do something, but it just has to be done correctly. If he's, if he's just still a goof, I mean, I don't see it working. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. He's been a goof for so long now. I'm tired of the Miz and Rollins matches. How many times have we seen that match in the last five, six years? How many times have we seen him and, you know, Ciampa? We've seen that a few times. I mean, he even faced... He had, they had to bring... LA Knight over to Raw temporarily to work with the Miz because they had no one for LA Knight to work with on SmackDown that was over that he could beat. I mean, they need Miz for people to work with. The guy's been around forever. He's not going anywhere. He's in Dolph territory as far as, like, I just don't give a shit about this guy, and Dolph is obviously much better in the ring. But the Miz, is he's he's never not over, but I feel like this is the least over he's ever been because he's been doing nothing for so long. Like, when Miz comes out, I don't care. But at this point, it's something different. It got me intrigued because it's not like it wasn't the direction I thought they would go in. And it's only for a month or two. This isn't going to be the WrestleMania program, or at least it shouldn't be. And then, but again, the question is, how do you follow it up? I mean, we say it every single week. What's the that that should be the new name of the show? What's the aftermath? I honestly don't have an answer for you. I don't know. I think they could keep him in the babyface role. I don't know what their heel to babyface ratio is. Um, we've seen him and Nakamura before. Him and Bronson Reed. Maybe I I don't know. I mean, again, he has to be booked properly. If he's just in there putting people over, which he should be, I get it. But he also should be winning more matches too. That's the problem. He's lost so many matches; it's hard to care. He needs to beat a couple people that can absorb the loss. Maybe not Nakamura. I don't know. I got to look at the heel roster on Raw to really think who can he beat that it would matter or people give a shit about. I don't know, but I don't know. I, I'm intrigued by this. I'm probably one in a million here. I understand that. I'm just giving my side of things because again, he's proven he can be over in that role. If, if, if booked properly. And that just, he's allergic to good booking, I guess, because he has not been booked properly in a long time, and it's hard to care. Dolph, I would have said the same thing about Dolph. He was booked properly, too, but he wasn't, so it was hard to care. Same thing with the Miz. So we'll see. Like I said, I don't need to see him win that four-way on Monday because they could have Ivar win it. I like Bronson. The problem with Bronson winning is that he's not beating Gunther, so I like the rematch, but, like, he's not going to win, so I just don't want him losing twice to Gunther. I don't know what you do with him either. I think Gunt, I think Bronson Reed and like Rollins could work as like a temporary program. They gotta have Reed work with people that are over. That's the problem. But I don't know. I I, I like the overall point here is that I like Monday's Raw. It set up a lot of stuff, hyped up the pay per view, left me looking forward to some things, and we'll see where they go going forward. Uh, not a full on review here, Mister Marceau, but I do want to get your thoughts on uh, NXT Halloween Havoc Night Two from Tuesday. You mentioned the Creed Brothers and Gars and Carrillo, and how the Creed Brothers won. I, I was surprised by that as well. And they tables, ladders, and scares match. Um, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn took over the hosting duties. And uh, Lola Vice, actually, you were right. You called it, Mister Marceau. Won the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. Didn't think she would, but she did. Uh, she's got potential. The match was whatever, but you know she won, and she's got a title shot now. Von Wagner came back. Save your applause. And we also had the main event for the NXT Championship, Ilya Dragunov, Carmelo Hayes 3. Great match. Another excellent encounter. Dragunov retains. Trick Williams comes out, comes out right before that. Confronts Carmelo. Pretty obvious it was Carmelo. I didn't know if they would actually go in that direction. We had Wesley come back, too, and uh, go after Dominic, which was interesting. 
And it looks like it will be Hayes who attacked Williams, but they didn't actually say that, and they wanted you to look forward to next week to find out what's going to happen next. So I like the show. I thought last week's show was stronger, but I thought Halloween Havoc on the whole was an overall great special this year. What do you, what do you say? Yeah, that was a good show. Like you said, I was kids stole my thunder. I was going to say, I thought last week's show was better overall. <laughs> I think this week was good. Um, like I said, Vice winning. Uh, I think Vice, I think both of them have a strong future. I think they both have good looks, but I thought Vice just, I mean, she was been she was on TV before the breakout tournament, so I feel like they usually get, get the nod in these tournaments. Um, uh, the, I was, I was stunned the Creed brothers won, especially after Raw. I was like, I mean, like I said, I guess Carrillo and, and uh, Garza are like a main roster team, but still, it's like I feel like they're down at NXT. Like they're not putting, like they don't even put them over. They're going, they're they're already on Raw, so that kind of shocked me. But I thought it was still a good match. Uh, and like you said, the main event was good. I mean, if it's Hayes attacked Williams, I mean, like you said, it's like Shawn Michaels Triple H O two again. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess we have to wait till next week. And I literally burst into tears when I saw Von Wagner and just thought of you immediately with the dumb bandage around his head. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, yeah, no, I like the show. I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with it. The the uh, black and yellow brands got some uh, momentum right now as they head into deadline, which we will be at in a month. I'm looking forward to that. Um, and they're kind of setting stuff up for that show. Probably Carmelo and Trick. I can't imagine they would further like. They'll probably answer the question of whether he actually attacked him either next week or soon after. I can't imagine they drag this on for another month or two. It's been dragged on for so long now. This is probably the right time to do it. I would do it soon. Don't put them in, like, the Iron Survivor Challenge match and then have them do a split soon after. Like, just do it soon. Um, but speaking of which, we are getting qualifying matches next week, starting next week, for these Iron Survivor matches that went over really well last year. I know you liked the matches as well. I enjoyed them. They were well done. I don't know who wins each one. I assume they're both number one contenders matches again, and they're not for the titles themselves, although that would be entertaining. Maybe for the women's title, because I don't know who faces Lyra if, if she's not defending an Iron Survivor, they really haven't set anyone up for Lyra unless maybe Blair Davenport? She won last week? Maybe Roxanne Perez. That could work, too. I'm not sure. Um, but those are some options. So we'll see. And they also set up, at to close the show, in addition to the Williams-Dragonoff stuff, we saw uh, or Williams and uh, Hayes stuff, we saw Dragonoff get attacked backstage by Baron Corbin, who teased a couple weeks ago going after Dragonoff. If you told me that six months ago, I would have said, who gives a shit? But I think I, I've really liked Corbin's run in NXT. He's had some really good matches. Him and Dragunov have even faced off before, and they had a good match in NXT TV months ago. So going back to that, I'm in full favor of. Corbin will win the title. He probably shouldn't, obviously. Uh, I don't know if that's the deadline title match, but they're going to do that at some point. And listen, I'm not fucking complaining. That should be a great match. So I'm looking forward to seeing where they go. Uh, heading into deadline next month as they set up that show. We've got to get a dynamite, Mr. Marcel, from Wednesday. This was, uh, like I said, I thought it was a fine middle-of-the-road show, but they made a lot of weird decisions. And uh, some expected, some not expected, and we'll get into it. It was an eventful show to a certain degree. But the biggest thing that people were talking about coming out of this episode, the first thing I saw all over my timeline when I logged into Twitter after watching Dynamite last night was the Tony Khan announcement news. Now, Tony Khan went on X on Twitter, on Tuesday, on Halloween, saying, tomorrow night on Dynamite, I'm going to have, I don't think he said massive announcement or big announcement, he just said important announcement. That's how they That's how they word these things now, but this yeah, wasn't was even important. important. It was important, was the uh, buzzword yeah. he Yeah, it was, it was that press release bullshit where it's like, he didn't say big, and I, I haven't seen anyone defend this. I can't even imagine the AW diehards are defending this crap. They're, they're probably just silent. Um, 
But he went on Twitter and said an important announcement. Sure enough, tune into Dynamite. They reveal it halfway through the show, and they specifically waited until the 9 o'clock hour to do it because it was one of the only hype things coming into the show. This, because they announced the Ring of Honor six-man tag team title match, which who cares, like during the day yesterday. And really nothing else aside from the MJF main event, which we'll get into. But they announced this, and the announcement was that the tickets for All In will go on sale in a month. An all-in show that will not happen until next August that was already announced as, at the end of all-in this year. Like, what is this had nothing to do with anything of what he even said in the promo, what he said in the tweet. Oh, it's holiday season, like putting up our Christmas trees. First of all, if you're putting up your tree now on November 2nd, you're a fucking psycho, first of all. Second of all, I don't know what this has to do with any of that. And it was just another example of this guy being kind of channeling his inner delusional Dixie Carter, like, announcement crap. I'm not saying he's the Dixie Carter of 2023. I said that in a tweet last night, and someone thought it kind of meant, oh, he's better than... Someone said, oh, he's better than Dixie Carter. Yeah, he is, but I'm just saying in terms of the announcement overhyping bullshit, it's the exact same thing. Like, what was this? I, I, I know you share the same sentiment, Mr. Marceau, but just talk about your reaction to whatever this announcement or lack thereof was from Tony Khan and the latest disappointment on Wednesday night. Yeah, I think it just, I mean, the whole important announcement thing, it seems like it's just like a bit at this point. Like I said, I don't know if it's a ratings ploy or what, but it, I think my biggest issue was it with this whole thing. Because, like, I get it. You're trying to, like, muster up attention, noise, any kind of buzz. I get it. But when it's something, like you said, it's not going on sale for another month and you already announced the show. It's not, like, I think it would be one thing if they hadn't announced the show yet, but they already did. So it's like, Okay, so now you're just telling when the tickets go on sale. Like, they did the same thing, like the like on Twitter later that night for the show that's going to be before New Year's in Long Island. Like, what's the difference between that and the one you just did? Like, I don't know. It just seemed weird because, like I said, it's just it, all it was was a ticket like go on sale date announcement. It wasn't like they were announcing the show. Like, I, I think that would have been even more of a reason to do yeah. a, like an important announcement. Just telling, oh, tickets go on sale in a month. Like. Okay, like, you just put that, like, it's it's not like people are going to go back to that dynamite to watch to see what the information is. It's just going to be all over Twitter, so. Yeah. I don't know, I just feel like it was more just to say, like, there's a big announcement to try to, like, grab attention, and it kind of flopped in that aspect, because, I mean, I think more people are like, what the hell? Like, it's, it, his credibility keeps going down and down, because every time mm -hmm. they've done big announcements lately, it's something that could just be a press release, realistically. Yeah, no, I mean, everyone's been saying this isn't, you know, a, a creative original joke, but it's a, you know, uh, an email, or a, rather, what was it, a, a meeting that could have been release. an email? Press release that could have been an email type thing. You know, you know, people say that from time to time. It's the exact same thing. This could have been a press release. This did not have to be a full-on announcement, hyping it up in advance. Even if he didn't announce it, that he had an announcement, just saying that... Um, you know, tickets go on sale. I mean, I wouldn't have had him appear on camera for that. Um, would have been okay. The funny thing is that I, I just don't understand what, what qualifies as an announcement. Because last week, I'm watching Dynamite, and maybe I missed something. <clears throat> they didn't announce it ahead of time that they had that they were going to announce this. But when I'm watching Dynamite last week, it was right before the main event. They didn't have Tony Khan on camera. They, like, announced it during the introductions for a match that they're having the World's End pay-per-view. We didn't talk about it last week, but they're doing another pay-per-view to close out the year. It was rumored. It's been confirmed. It's in Long Island. World's End makes me think of the uh, third Pirates of the Caribbean movie. But it's going to be their last pay-per-view of the year, December 30th. And they didn't really make a big deal about it. I mean, that's not a massive deal, but it's still significant. That's a new pay-per-view. And they kind of treated it like an afterthought. 
And they mentioned it again last night, but they didn't make a big deal about it when they first announced it. They made it official last week. Why does that not get a grand announcement, but this does? I mean, like you said, the key there is he loses more and more credibility when you do this sort of shit. It's going to make people tune in even less, care even less, and I can guarantee you it was definitely a ratings ploy. I mean, I don't work there. I can't tell you that as a fact, but still, I think it's pretty clear this was a ratings ploy because they advertised very little else coming into the show until other than that MJF match, which they announced weeks ago. Um, they needed something else, you know, to kind of draw people in, and it failed. I mean, it's just, it's embarrassing. It was already embarrassing, but it's even worse at this point. And it, he's had an issue with this for a long time, but I've said this before. You can't give him an out. You can't give him an excuse. The guy's a wrestling fan. He's not stupid. But you could say whatever you want about Tony Khan. He's not a dumb man, and he has to know that this is going to disappoint people. He lives on Twitter. He's on Twitter constantly. He likes things from other fans constantly. A little weird, but you would think he would know that this was a bummer and that this was a disappointment. I was shocked that that was uh by that announcement. I, I'm announcing that I'm shocked because that was very stupid. But I, I will give them some credit here. I did enjoy the show-long story thread, the show-long story thread and storyline of MJF trying to pick partners for the main event. And it ended up being the acclaimed and Billy Gunn. I mean, that to me was also disappointing because they had teased Samoa Joe and he shook his hand too. So I'm not really sure why that, why it wasn't Joe. It could have been Wardlow. It really could have been almost anyone, but they went with the three goofs. And I know they've been, te- it, it, it made sense because they were already teasing that, but it's just the current crap that the acclaimed and Billy Gunn are doing that I'm just not into. I don't want to see it in the main event. The match was okay. Bullet Club Gold won, as they should have. Um, you know, it, it was fine, and uh, MGF got pinned. I like that. But I, I will say the main event itself wasn't anything special, but I wish Dynamite would do a better job and do this more often of tying a story throughout the entire show. WWE can do it too, but we see it all the time with WWE and Judgment Day. Not o- not always the most compelling story, but we saw it on this show with MGF, and I thought it worked. The payoff wasn't great, but I wish they would do this sort of stuff more often. Would you agree with that, or do you have a different take on it? No, I mean, I think that... I mean, I think it definitely ha- it would help like the rating fall off, which I feel like they see a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides, I mean, I just, for me specifically, I, I love MGF, but what they're doing with him right now, like, it's not overly interesting to me. Like, the whole Roddy, Bennett, and Taven stuff, and Nicole, and then now the acclaimed. I mean, to me, I don't overly love it, but like I said, at least it's like an attempt to kind of hold viewers, because, I mean, it seems like he, at this point, he's definitely like, their biggest thing right now. Like, they have everyone basically in the company, like, after him, so it's like, I get why they're doing it, but um, I don't love what he's currently doing. So I I do love it, but it depends on what we're talking about. So I guess the the Roddy stuff, as we talked about before we went live here, has gone old to me. I mean, I enjoy Roddy and the Kingdom stuff, but he's still in the neck brace, screaming Adam's name, the Max stuff. Like, that stuff is dumb. I would agree. That got old a while ago. They need to develop that story and move forward with it. It's been going on for way too fucking long. The acclaimed stuff doesn't do much for me personally. What I do love of what they're doing with MJF right now is that not each individual story necessarily, but the fact that he's involved in a lot of stories at once. And it's not something you typically see. But you have, I mean, realistically, it would make sense, everyone is gunning for the world champion. Um, The acclaimed want to be his friends. Roddy's got an issue with them. That stuff's going on. The Guns want his Ring of Honor tag titles. I mean, again, I know no one gives a shit about the Ring of Honor tag titles, and why would they? I don't give a shit. But, you know, it's at least it's a story. Jay White's got his physical championship belt right now, which, why wouldn't Tony Khan step in as a boss and storyline and say, hey, listen, give it back to him. That doesn't make any sense. He's the champion, whatever. 
But you have the Jay White thing. You have Wardlow. Joe wants another shot. They teased Hobbs. What, what's your take right now on the various, you know, feuds that he has going on at the moment um, involving the World Championship and everyone kind of gunning for him at the exact same time? I just think it's too muddied, if you ask me. Like, mm-hmm. I understand, like, he's the World Champion. You want everyone after him. But, like, the whole Ring of Honor stuff... It's just like everyone and their brothers out there is the custodian out there, MJF, too. I just feel like it's too muddy. Like the whole Jay White stuff, I don't know. I'm not like in love with what they're doing with them either. Um, but like, why would Joe want another? He's literally lost to MJF. Like, and he lost to Punk, too. So I don't know why he'd even get a title shot. But I don't know. I just feel like everyone gunning out. I feel like they're putting all their eggs in a basket of using MJF. And it's like they're not really making. Like, they, he's the center of it all, but it's like. Once if he got hurt, what would like if he got hurt tomorrow? Everything's based just around him. Like what would happen? Yeah, I mean that would, to your point. And that's my problem, I guess. Like they're putting all their eggs in on MJF, and it's like I get it. I really do like MJF a lot. And I think he's great, but like I feel like if you put all your eggs in MJF, it's like if he gets hurt, you're screwed because literally everything's based around him. I'll give you both sides of it. I like it well, for the reason I already mentioned, but I also like it because he is the best thing on the entire show, so you might as well capitalize on it and have him all over the show. I'm not saying overexpose him, but he's easily the best thing going in that company aside. I like the Tony Storm stuff a lot, too. But well, you, you're not a fan of it? Yeah, I just, I mean... Or do you think they go I, too much in with it because it works and it goes off what I've said previously about how like they take a good thing and they run it into the ground? It was good. I thought it was like different originally. I guess I'd say it was more different than good originally. I don't know, to me it's not, I mean, it's fine, like I said, at least it's something different, but I don't really love it. I mean, that's I fun. I just feel like their women's division needs, like, a bomb to blow up and just rebook everything. It just, I don't know, their women's division has a lot of issues. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of different, I mean, they're, they're trying to tell a different story there with Sky Blue and Willow and uh, Julia. It doesn't really have my attention, but it's something. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, the, the, their women's division, the title's changed hands a couple times. We haven't really seen Soraya since she lost the title. Like, why wouldn't she want it back? I don't know, it's a whole thing. Um, but with MJF, he's the best thing going on the entire show for the most part, and I, I've enjoyed what they've done with him. That is one thing. The other side of it is what you mentioned. To play devil's advocate, you are correct. If he does go down with an injury, or let's say, I don't think this is the case, but let's say he does end up leaving. I don't think he does. I've already told you. I think he's re-signed a long time ago. Could he be gone by Jan- January's in two months? That's not far away at all, dude. Could he end up leaving? Could he end up leaving? And then take all these storylines with them. All these storylines just go poof overnight. And it's like the Cody Rhodes thing where it seemed like they had a couple things planned with him and then he left and they're like, oh, fuck, what do we do now? Um, Not exactly the same thing. Cody Rhodes wasn't the world champion, but still he was the TNT champion. And it seemed like they had a couple things lined up and that kind of fell through. Um, You know, and we kind of saw, to, to your point though, we saw that with Adam Cole. A lot of what we saw in Dynamite was revolving around MJF and Cole and then Cole gets hurt and they had to switch they, they had to change, you know, uh, change pace. They had to change course with, with MJF and do something entirely different because Cole got hurt and he won't be back for a long time. So I, I think there definitely is credibility and truth to what you're saying, though. No, I completely agree. I, 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 I like it because it is MJF, and I think that's, like, the, my biggest positive. It's like he is the biggest star, so I'm glad that they're doing something with him. But I just feel like you're also pushing your eggs in all in on him. And like I said, once if he did like. I mean, we don't know. You're, you you seem pretty adamant that he's staying, but, like, if he didn't stay and they did all that just for him to leave, I just feel like it looks so bad. It makes it look, it makes the company look really bad. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they so, might be... I mean, we'll see, but, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, they are putting a lot in on him, and I think it's it makes sense. He's the most interesting thing going right now, 
but I just, I don't know. I just feel like it is a lot. Like we like said, the guns challenging for the Ring of Honor tag. I was like, who gives a shit? I mean, come on. Like I literally could give two farts about the Ring of Honor tag titles. Yeah, the Ring of Honor stuff's got to be toned down. It's just, it's just not good. But I will say this too. I forgot to mention this, and 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 kind of overshadowed in all of that talk about the world title and everyone gunning for it. Um, I haven't gotten your take on this because this was last Saturday, but we had MGF and Omega on collision for the world championship. In my opinion, I mean, I'm, I'm biased because I was there, but one of the best matches this company's put on all year, it's pretty obvious MGF was retaining, obviously, and Don Callis got involved as expected, but he didn't really factor into the finish, and it wasn't a lot of interference. It was just one thing. It was whatever. Um, I thought the match was great. I actually, I, I, I thought it was an awesome match, one of the better matches all year. You know, straightforward stuff. MGF did some stuff we don't ordinarily see from him. He won clean. The story made sense. Trying to become the longest world champion in AEW history, and he did. And he was successful. Um, so what's your take on that? What, what were your thoughts on the match from Collision and uh, how it kind of went over? No, I thought it was a good match. I wish they kind of built it up more than like three days in advance. But uh, I thought for like, like I said, especially for Collision, it's, I mean, a huge match uh, for the show. I thought it was really good. Like I said, it wasn't like overly... Like late, like it was the the Callis stuff was good because I think it was just very minor, which I feel like they always do like huge run-ins and shit. So I'm glad it was just kind of a small thing. Um, but like you said, MGF losing was never really in doubt. Yeah, never really in doubt at all. Uh, we talk about injuries with uh, potentially to MGF. You know, you got to be careful with that. And Adam Cole, he's out hurt right now. Another guy out hurt for the rest of the year, or they said until the end of the year, and it's November second. So does that mean he's only out for a month or six weeks? They didn't specify brian danielson getting her not in last week's main event but rather against andrade two weeks ago you know that dream match that uh tony khan booked for no real reason and it was a great match don't get me wrong but danielson got hurt and he still wrestled that tag team match hurt i guess just to explain yeah that's maybe they didn't so here's the thing i don't know why they would do that maybe because they already announced it I don't know why they did that match with Danielson if he was hurt. Maybe they didn't realize how bad it was until after that match was over. Because the night that he got hurt, apparently, he was facing Andrade. That same night, Malachi Black showed up and attacked him. So why wouldn't they just use that as the reason for why he's out and not Okada? I don't know. Because Malachi has not been on the show. I mean, he was on the show on Collision, but it's weird. But anyway, so he's out hurt. He went under underwent successful surgery the other day for his orbital bone surgery. He's out for at least a little bit, putting a potential rematch with Okada at Wrestle Kingdom in Jeopardy. I mean, listen, I love Danielson. He's another one that one of the best parts in the entire company when he's healthy. He's in his 40s now. I'm not saying he should retire, and you know, I don't want him to retire. I think when he's in there and he's on, he's on. He's he's amazing. The problem, I think, maybe it's just because he wrestles a certain style. Obviously, age has a lot to do with it, and his body's broken down a little bit. I get it. He can still go to a very. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. But he just goes way too fucking hard, I think. And he's already gotten hurt, what, three or four times this year? He got hurt in the Iron Man match, a revolution. I think he got hurt in the Anarchy in the Arena match. He got hurt against Okada. And then he came back, and now he's hurt again, dude. Like, we got to wrap this guy in bubble wrap or something. Yeah, I, I mean, when I saw the report that he was hurt again, I was like, Jesus Christ, I think it's time to hang up the fucking boots, buddy. Um, yeah, he got definitely got hurt in Anarchy Arena. I remember that. But yeah, I think it's been two or three times this year specifically that he's been injured. It's just like, I like him a lot. Like I said, he's definitely getting older, so it probably doesn't help. But I don't know. I just, he's great when he's on, but I just feel like he's been so injured this year specifically that I just don't want him to like do like really bad damage to himself. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, he doesn't have much time left. I mean, he said that this current run of his will, I mean, they always say this, but this this run of his will be his last as a full-time competitor. His contract's up in September, and he's made comments that would indicate, yeah, could he stick around and be a producer? Obviously. Or do the occasional part-time match? Yeah. But he makes it sound like he doesn't really want to be under contract, not to go back to WWE, but so he can really do whatever he wants, pop up in an indie show and go do, go do that here and not be really tied down to anything. And Meltzer kind of uh, implied in a recent, on, on a radio show of his, that they wouldn't push back. Because obviously, like with WWE, AEW also adds time onto people's contracts when they get hurt. It makes sense. You know, you miss the time that you're supposed to be contracted for. You know, people shit on it when they did that with Luke Harper years ago. Listen, it makes sense, though. I get why they, it's, it's dumb, but I get why they do it. Um, but with Danielson, they probably wouldn't do that. They're, they don't want to rock that boat. He's too big of a star. If, if he's hurt... And he misses time. They probably are still going to let him go when his contract's up in September because they don't want to piss him off and they have a good dynamic and they have a good relationship. So you got to maximize this guy while you have him and he can't be hurt. So he's got to tone it down or something. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's just bad luck, but he gets hurt a lot. He's been hurt a lot in AEW. And he's had a lot of match of the year contenders, so it's not like he's in there, you know, having a bad run. He's had an amazing run, but it's only when he's healthy because when he's not healthy and he's not around, it's, it's a problem, so... Um, you know, hopefully he's back at the end of the year. He's hopefully back in the next six weeks, six, seven, eight weeks. And he can go Wrestle Kingdom because if not, that's a bummer. Uh, speaking of injuries and stuff like that, Paul White was introduced as the partner for Jericho, Omega, and Ibushi against the Don Callis family on Dynamite in two weeks in Canada. So they're doing that. Paul White's the partner. And he's not hurt, but I mean, he might be. So he came out on Dynamite last night. It looked like he was leaning to one side. His knees looked weird. Um, he underwent surgery, hip surgery, a lot in the last couple of years. And he hasn't had many matches at all. He wrestled it all out two years ago. Maybe a couple dark matches after that. And then he got did the surgery, and that was it. And they're, you know, brushing him out there to be Jericho's partner. I get the Jericho connection. This wasn't a shock. I don't need to see Big Show on the show in 2023, if, especially if it's for one night only. Um, but still, I mean, the guy looks rough. I would hope they wouldn't put him in the ring if he's, if he can't really compete, even if it is an eight man tag team match. I mean, the guy should be able to walk. If he can't even do that and he was just on the stage, which is why he didn't go down to the ring, then that's a real problem. Yeah, but I feel like depending on what, I mean, he could literally just come in and do like the two, three big bumps and then we move on. So, I mean, he could literally come in, choke slam one guy, knock the other one out and they win. Like, I think. Depending on, like you said, I mean, he didn't look great. I mean, like you said, it looked like he was limbering just getting out there. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I get it, but like like you said, I just don't think he's going to actually wrestle like an actual match. I don't really hate it, but like you said, just for one night, it seems like a lot, just if his health's really that bad. Yeah, if it's for one, if he does a couple spots, then fine, but it is a street fight too, so it's not like it's an eight-man tag team match. They're all going to be out there at the same time, so he is going to have to do stuff. Unless they take him out immediately and he comes back at the end and does one or two spots, which is very possible. I mean, I don't know. I'd rather they go with fucking Mark Henry or something. At least he didn't train Hobbs, but him and Hobbs have a close relationship. Hobbs has been using the world's strongest slam. I don't know what his... I mean, he's probably not much better off than Big Show, but I don't think he had hip surgery two years ago, so... I'm not sure if it's a one-night thing, then whatever. But Abushi and Paul White being on the same team is, like, just wild. I mean, I never thought... It, I mean, if you told me five years ago Jericho would be teaming with Big Show, Omega, and Kota Abushi in an eight-man tag team match, would be just... I, I would have laughed in your face. That sounds ridiculous. But here we are. And we're getting it in two weeks. Not a full gear, but rather on Dynamite. So, does that mean they're leaving them off the pay-per-view? I don't know. There's six matches announced so far for full gear. 
So, listen, I'm hoping if they're doing monthly pay-per-views, I've said this to you before, you know, we mentioned, is it a good thing, is it a bad thing? If they can shorten down on those pay-per-view cards and not have 14 fucking matches and not have them be four-hour shows, I think that's a positive. Do you think they'll do that, though, or do you think they'll just stick to having being a four-hour pay-per-view and then we get four-hour pay-per-views now once a month instead of four or five times a year? I mean, I hope that they, like I said, if they're going to do it, I kind of hope that they kind of trim it down. Um but I kind of have like a fear that it's going to be long like the other ones. Yeah, it'll probably end at midnight again. Um, last thing from Dynamite. Mogul Embassy getting back the Ring of Honor World six-man tag team titles again. Who cares? Um, the match was fine. I don't know why they gave the belts to the Bucks and Page if they were just going to lose it right back to the exact same trio. They never appeared once in the Ring of Honor. What was the point? The Bucks also having a tantrum afterward and, and getting in Omega's face later on saying, oh, how can you trust Jericho? I'm thinking... I'm watching this segment and I'm thinking, what issues do they have with Jericho? They had they feuded with the with Chris Jericho three or four years ago. I'm like they weren't arch rivals for like ten years. Like it's I don't know. I thought it was just so strange. Like they made it sound like he was CM Punk or something. I'm like, what is it that big of a deal that Jericho's teaming with or that Omega's teaming with Jericho? I just thought it was so strange. The melodramatic crap with the Bucks is just usually one of the worst things on this show. And I'm just thinking, why were they so mad about losing the Ring of Honor six-man tag titles? Who gives a shit? And now they're teasing tension within the Elite again after already reuniting six months ago. Again, it's really hard to care. Yeah, I mean, I, my, I just, I mean, the Ring of Honor titles alone no one cares about. But like you said, like this whole Bucks melodrama, like they're mad at Kenny because he's friends with Jericho or whatever the fuck they're doing. I don't know. I, I just, to me, it does nothing. I, I mean, no one. I don't think anyone really cared that they lost the belts. I don't know why they dropped it back to the Gates of Agony. That's who they just beat for the belts. Like, I don't really know what the purpose of dropping it for a month to get right back to them. Maybe because they show up to or maybe they show up on Ring of Honor TV more. I don't. I don't. I don't really know. But yeah, I mean, this was just whatever to me. Yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. It's. Uh, I'm all for more stories, but that sucked. I, I. That's a story I don't need to see. I feel like we've been there before. We don't need to see it again. I'm all set on that. Uh, last thing for you, Mr. Marceau, Crown Jewel predictions for Saturday afternoon. It is airing at 1 p.m. Eastern time. I love the Saturday afternoon pay-per-views. Wish they would do more of them. And we might be in 2024 if we're getting in uh, a Paris pay-per-view potentially. We're getting the Berlin show. Sounds like we're getting more uh, you know, Saturday afternoon shows, which is a big plus on my book. But on the kickoff show, we're getting Sami Zayn against J.D. McDonough. They never do kickoff shows any ma- uh, kickoff matches anymore, which is great. We don't need them; they're pointless. But I will say this: this isn't good enough to be on the main card, especially since we've already seen it twice on Raw. I think they've split wins, but I think they're doing this because Sami Zayn, before he may have been on the first one, but before that last pay per view in Saudi Arabia, Night of Champions, he hadn't been on a Saudi show in at least five years, if not ever, because of the whole you know politics and stuff with Saudi Arabia and and. Uh, Syrian people, I think, was the whole reason for it. But he went back in May, and they loved him, and he got a great reaction. So I think they're just bringing him in because the crowd loves him, and they want to put him on the pre-show, and he's already feeding with Judgment Day. Not a really, not a big storyline, significant match, but it is what it is. Uh, safe to say Sami Zayn wins here, though, right? Yeah, I would say Sami wins here, like you said. I, I actually don't mind the pre-show matches. I think it's nice to kind of like get in one match before the main show. Okay. Um, but I think this is like the perfect candidate for, like you said, a pre-show match. It's not doesn't really belong on the main show, but like it has some kind of storyline significance. So I kind of like it on the pre-show, honestly. 
maybe maybe people would have complained would have complained about this being on the pre-show. I think it would have been cool if Sami Zayn faced uh, Finn Balor. I don't know if they've had if they've had a match that was very brief. It might have been on SmackDown two years ago, but they haven't had a real match lately. They're both great, two great NXT champions, two great NXT pillars. Uh, I think that might have been too big for the pre-show though. We've just seen Sami Zayn and JD McDonough before, which is why this isn't really interesting to me. But uh, maybe maybe Balor and Zayn was too big for the pre-show. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, like I said, I think it just, I think just doing, like I said, maybe it's more just to get Zayn on the show because they have her such a good, like, he gets over, but I, I'm fine with it. Yeah, it, you know, it's fine. Um, speaking of the Judgment Day stuff, Damian Priest, not Finn Balor, facing Cody Rhodes. Again, I think they're doing this. Finn Balor and Cody on paper is kind of the more appealing matchup, but two things. One, Damian Priest is Mr. Money in the Bank. If they really want him to be taken seriously as a potential world champion or championship contender at some point. He's got to have big pay-per-view matches, even though I don't think he's winning this one. Um, and, and two, we've seen Cody and, and Finn a lot this year. They've already done the match three or four times. We've seen Cody and Damian before one-on-one, but maybe only once on Raw a few months ago, so it's been a bit. So I'm, I'm fine with them doing this match. The final sell for the match on Raw this week I thought was well done, the fiery babyface promo from Cody, but I don't think that puts the outcome in any any real doubt, I still think Cody Rhodes wins decisively here. What do you, what do you say? Yeah, I think Cody wins here. Um, I mean, I feel like Priest has the briefcase or he has like the out to lose. Um, but no, I think it'll be a really good match. Like you said, I think we've seen Cody and Finn like a thousand times. So I guess it's a little bit different with Damian, but I, I think Cody wins here. Um, I don't, I don't see Priest beating him. That's why I think the, um, money to make briefcase isn't on the line. Cause he's not, winning the match. Damian Priest, that is. And I, I don't want Cody Rose as Mr. Money in the Bank anyway. I think it completely renders the uh, Money in the Bank briefcase irrelevant. They've done that before, where they've given it to people, you know, like uh, Kennedy won the match and Edge won the briefcase, and they did it with Otis and Miz. But, you know, Otis was a mistake. He should have never won the briefcase in the first place. <laughs> Damian Priest, you know, is fine. And Kennedy was a whole other issue. But Priest is fine as a uh, Mr. Money in the Bank contender. And if you wanted Cody to win it, then he should have won it months ago, but he didn't. So, I'm finding this not being for the briefcase. It feels like a Raw match, but it should be good. WWE Women's Championship. We found out about this on SmackDown last week. EO Sky versus Bianca Belair in a rematch from Backlash in Puerto Rico earlier this year. A great match. Bianca won that one. They're running it back here. Who do you say goes over? I think EO should win here. Um, I'd keep the belt on her longer. I think she's had a really good reign. I really don't want them to put the belt back on Belair. Uh, or Charlotte. I thought that she is this, like territory but she's starting to creep into charlotte territory i mean yeah i just feel like she's always always contending for the belt i think keeping on eo here who's had a really good reign mm-hmm. um I, I i just don't want to see her lose it so quickly i like what she's doing on smackdown she's had some really really good matches and like i said i don't really want beller to get kind of another title run just so we get another like i said she's getting into charlotte territory at this point so i prefer her not to win the belt here I don't think it gets talked about enough, this reign for Io Sky as the WWE Women's Champion. She's had a lot of really good matches. I mean, she had a title match on SmackDown. I think that Bray Wyatt tribute show that people forget about was Zelina Vega, actually, because Vega beat her before SummerSlam. They had a good match on that show. The match with Asuka on SmackDown was great. The three-way at Fastlane was good. And she even had a really good match with Charlotte in the main event a couple weeks ago when Bianca came back. Um, I don't think this is any exception. Bianca beat her at Backlash, like I said. She gets the win back here. Do you think maybe I would? I do want Bianca out of the title picture. I agree. Same thing with Charlotte, and Charlotte might factor into the finish, and maybe we get Bianca and Charlotte coming out of this, which would be great. Do you think after Io now is I was conquered Oscar, she's conquered Bianca and Charlotte. 
the three biggest names on the roster. What more do you do with her? Enter Kyrie Sane, maybe? Do you think that's maybe, you know, we, we heard that Kyrie Sane earlier today per WrestleVotes back in the internal roster. Do you think we see her maybe next in line for EO Sky, which would be awesome because they have history from NXT for many years ago? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's too early to do EO and Bailey trust yet. I think you honestly flushed out even longer. Um, but no, I, I think that's a good new challenger. Like I said, I don't want it to be Bianca. I don't want Charlotte. I like Bianca a lot. I just feel like. She's just been in my face so much with championship gold around her waist. I feel like we need to flesh it out, you know, and make new stars. So I think EO holding, like I said, I think under underrated championship reign. I mean, yeah. she's had a lot of good matches. I feel like no one's talking about it. Um, but no, I think her versus Kyrie would be nice. They said they do have some some history, and uh, I think it's nice. I will say the one thing about Sky I don't like, it's like she is aligned with damage control, but she's not like, she's not really a heel, so... I get she's in the heel faction, but I kind of wish she kind of she was either a heel or like she doesn't cheat to win. Like, kind of wish they did kind of give her a more defined role because um, she's kind of like a baby face wrestler in a heel group. But besides that, I think her and uh, her and Zane would be a nice transition to the next kind of feud. Yeah, maybe at some point. I don't know if Bailey turns on e. They got to they got to break up damage control. I know Dakota Kai's hurt, so they can't really do anything with her because she can't get physical right now. She might be, I don't know how much longer she's going to be at hurt for, but, um, you know, with EO, though, I think, I don't know if Bailey cost her the championship or she turns on her because she wants a title shot. I mean, we're getting EO and Bailey at some point. I- I'm skeptical of, like, them doing a multi, or, uh, you know, a regular women's match at Mania that's not for a championship. I just don't think they'll do that. I know people say, oh, that would be a great non title feud for Mania or a damage control triple threat a la Legacy at WrestleMania 26. You know, maybe I don't see them doing that, but, you know, I'm curious to see how that kind of unfolds in the uh, coming months. Women's World Championship, Rhea Ripley defending against Sheena Baszler, Nia Jax, Zoe Stark, and Raquel Rodriguez. A lot of names here, Mr. Marcel. I'll throw it to you first. Who do you think goes over? Rhea Ripley, LOL. Um, it's easiest be. match on the card to predict. I don't think Mommy's losing here. She's always on top anyways. <laughs> um, but, like, besides... Besides Stark, I don't even think I'd want any of them currently to win the belt anyways. Nia, no thank you. Shayna, no thank you. Raquel, still terrible as a babyface. Stark, I feel like she does need more seasoning, but I think Mommy wins here. And uh, I honestly have no idea what you do with her next. I mean, she's wiping out five, four other women here. Um, yeah, she's already beaten Raquel like twice. Kind yeah. of spinning her, I feel like this match alone just spinning wheels with with Rhea right now and Raw, so I, yeah. I don't really know what you do next, but I think Rhea wins. Yeah, I think so too. Um, the match should be fine. We've already seen her beat Raquel twice, so I wouldn't go back to that, even if she doesn't get pinned. I, I think it's pretty clear we're headed towards Rhea and Becky at Mania, but what do you do to kill the time with the two of them before then is the question. So, I don't know. Uh, maybe her and Nia, I have no interest in that. And Nia's a heel anyway, so just an option. I don't want to see that, but that I feel like that might be what they do. Either way, I think Rhea Ripley retains here. Uh, John Cena solo Sokoa. John Cena almost in tears last Friday on SmackDown, talking about, oh, if I lose this match, I might lose the respect of the WWE Universe. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I mean, I love John Cena. I've, I've enjoyed this recent SmackDown stint that he's had, but this nonsense that if he loses, his, his career is over is comical like he's only just now bringing up the fact <laughs> he didn't realize this two three years ago that he hasn't won a singles match in, in over five years like come on man over 2,000 days I think that alone means that he wins here I don't want him to Solo's taken a couple L's this year already 
he doesn't need to go undefeated, but, like, he doesn't... Listen, you can also make the argument, oh, what does beating John Cena even mean? You know, Theory did earlier this year, it meant nothing. Yeah, because the follow-up sucked. The match wasn't great either. It was it was good, it was fine, but the follow-up sucked, and Theory could have benefited had they capitalized, and they didn't. Um, I think they can capitalize with Solo, because Solo's in a far better spot than Austin Theory ever was. I would have Solo win, but I think Cena hasn't won in five years, and they're telling that story for a reason. I think, going back to the old adage, Cena wins, LOL. Um, who do you think goes over here, Mr. Marceau? I think Cena goes over, but Solo should win. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I feel like Cena, I just like Cena, like you said, he just realized he can't win. I just also, like you, you pointed out, like Solo has lost a handful of times this year. Like I said, doesn't need to go undefeated, but I feel like he could use like a nice big win. And I mean, like I said, Cena hasn't won in years, but it, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still John F and Cena. Mm-hmm. So I think... I think realistically Solo should win. Like I said, he's lost a few matches this year. He lost to Jay. He lost to Cody. He lost to LA Knight. Yep. I think he could use a big win. Um, like I said, I think honestly just have Cena beat like Jimmy. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I'd rather Jimmy lose to Cena than than than, uh, than Solo. But oh yeah, I mean, I think Cena wins. Lol. But I I think Solo could use the win more. Definitely. I mean, he's not buried if he loses here. Um. I do think Solo should win. I don't think he will win. You know, whatever. Um, he's not going to be done, but I just would have Solo win. And this is it for Cena, too. I think he should go out with a loss, but that's just me. I know, again, he hasn't... He doesn't wrestle a lot anymore, and he hasn't wrestled a singles match in, in, in a while since Mania, and he lost that one. I, I get it. You need to have Cena win matches, but I wouldn't have it come at the expense, personally, of Solo Sokoa. Um, United States Championship, Rey Mysterio versus Logan Paul. I think it's safe to say we're getting a new United States champion on this show. What I fear for is Logan Paul not showing up. I Not even fear for, I just full-out expect it. And we're not going to have a full-time United States champion. That's a bummer. Um, I do think, I, I like Logan Paul as champion. I don't think, I think it might be, I say it's too soon. They just haven't really overly teased it lately. Like Santos costing Ray the title. I do think that would work. I don't know if they do that on this show. But I do think Logan Paul, regardless, maybe even clean, walks out the new United States champion. Uh, what do you think? Forgot this match was on the card. This is the most <laughs> predictable match. Logan Paul wins clean as a whistle. Um, I mean, I, I I could bet my whole life savings that he's going to win this match. I don't love, like I said, I don't love if he wins. And he's, I don't think he's going to show up every week. And that just gives another champion on SmackDown just not being on the show. Um, I guess Fox doesn't care. Um, but I mean, realistically, I just think Logan should win. I like Ray. I don't think he really needs the belt. The whole Santos thing. I mean, I think the turn's coming eventually. I, I, I don't think he's going to get cost here. I think it's more like, like I never got my title opportunity. I don't think he even faced, I thought he was supposed to face, I thought he was, did he ever get that rematch with Ray Santos? Um, I thought he was supposed to. Yeah, he did. They did the match on SmackDown and Ray won, and he kind of won, not in fluky fashion, but he kind of like rolled them up and Santos kind of sat there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I don't think he's going to cost Ray the match here. Um, But, I mean, the turn is eminent. I think it needs to happen. I mean, him as a babyface to me reminds me a lot of Raquel as a babyface, just not overly interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I think Logan wins. SmackDown doesn't care they have any regular champions on the market. And Logan Paul wins, and then we eventually get the Santos Ray feud. 
Yeah, I think we also get Logan Paul and LA Knight eventually, and Logan Paul, which they teased on SmackDown, I think last week or the week before, Logan Paul versus Kevin Owens. They teased that backstage at SmackDown. I think that might be the Rumble match. We're not going to have an active champion until then, but that's the spot that we find ourselves in. For the World Heavyweight Championship, Seth freaking Rollins versus Drew McIntyre. I didn't talk about this earlier, but I will mention it now. The video package they did for McIntyre on Raw was my favorite part of the show. I thought it was fantastic talking about, you know, he's mentioned before, oh, I won the title during COVID, how heroic. But they're putting a new spin on it because, like, there was no one there to celebrate with him. And he got fucked out of the title rematch in his hometown at Clash of the Castle. And now it's kind of making him look petty, especially when you have Rollins out there saying, listen, you, you complained about not getting a, a wrestling championship. Like, there were people that died during COVID. Why would I feel bad for you? I love this. I, I've enjoyed the build. Rollins, when he's serious, is money. The, the clown crap is awful. But, you know, Rollins in the ring is great. Rollins, when he's serious, is great. McIntyre's been great, period. The, the whole character arc with him has been awesome. I think the match will deliver. I like this a lot. Rewatch the video package. If you missed it, it was excellent. Um, but I will throw it to you, Mr. Marceau, for the official prediction because, uh, you know, it, 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 this is probably the more unpredictable match on the show. What do you think? I was going to say, this is the most unpredictable match on the show. Um, like I said, I like what they're doing with Drew. Rollins, like you said, when serious, is really good. So guess what? Go back to it because the clown stuff is terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just, I think this is another case of what I kind of what I said with Solo and Cena. I want Drew to win. I think, I think it's not. It would be nice from the win. Ron needs more heels. I feel like Rollins and Chase would be nice. Maybe get some more serious. Get rid of the fucking freaking stuff and get more serious. Which, like I said, in in serious stuff, he's amazing. And which I just wish he'd go back to. But I just feel like there's just still milking the whole blowing and the whole shit. So unfortunately, I think Rollins wins here. Um, I want Drew to win, but I think Rollins retains. Yeah, I think Rollins retains. Um, I think another loss for McIntyre could further drive him off the edge, though, to be to be fair. So, I don't know if we get the heel turn on this show specifically. It could be Raw, it could be Survivor Series, maybe they team up and he turns on him there. I don't know. Um, I would like to see more from them, though. I do. I, I would like to see maybe even McIntyre take the title in a rematch after turning heel. Uh, I'm looking forward to this, though. Again, not only for the story, but the match itself should be great. I do think Rollins retains. But the undisputed main event of the show is for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. I mean, you mentioned already twice, this is the most predictable match in the show, as far as other matches. This also, it, the entire card is pretty predictable, but, you know, there's a lot of good matches, so it is what it is. But Roman Reigns defending against L.A. Knight. Now, does L.A. Knight have a single shot in hell of winning the championship here, Mr. Marshall? Could we see an upset, or do you think Roman Reigns retains LOL? And uh, if so, I mean, that's a pretty obvious answer. But, like, how do you see this playing out? Does LA Knight look good in defeat? Which we joke about, like, means nothing. But I think here it could mean something. He's been so hot lately. They've done everything right with him going into this pay-per-view. A loss won't kill him, but it's all about how they, it's, it's all a matter of how they follow it up. So, how do you see this playing out? Who do you see going over? Honestly, totally forgot this match was on the card. What? I know. Wow. Honestly, L- Rowan's going to win LOL. I mean, I have a better chance of going to the moon tomorrow than, than LA Knight winning here. <laughs> Honestly, I I mean, like I said, I think he loses. You can say, like, in de- like looks good in defeat, whatever. Honestly, just give me him putting Roman in the BFT and then solo hit him with a spike a la WrestleMania, and I'll just be happy. So, Roman That's wins. Awful. I want that finish just to see the internet melt. Um, I mean, I think LNA could lose in two seconds, and I don't think he'd be buried. I mean, he's just so over. 
Um, but if you wanted an actual finish, that's what I want. The BFT, as he's about to hit it, solo spike, internet cries, Roman wins. We move on. In all seriousness, though, what is worse if they do that, which is such an unoriginal finish, and they run it back again? But what's worse, though, they do that again for the millionth time, or Roman just wins clean? Roman beating him clean, I feel, is worse. It is, I think, because, I mean, we we complain about all this interference, (laughs) but, like, I just feel like if Roman has to cheat to be all these other people, but he doesn't have to cheat to be the biggest babyface in the company, I just don't think it's a great endorsement of Knight. Like, I know we complain about the interference, and rightfully so, and it's not creative at all, because we've seen it so often for three years now, but I just feel like it makes sense, because I don't want LA Knight taking the clean loss. He would be fine, but I just don't know if it sends the best message. No, I I completely agree. Like I said, I, I literally, to this point think it's going to happen, like the interference. I wish it was more creative, like you said. I feel it's, a, like you said, Solo hits him with a spike. Roman Spear, LOL, he wins every time. But, yeah. um, I mean, maybe Solo tries to help and, like, we get Cena out there and, like, it's just more pandemonium than yeah. more, like, just, like, that kind of same finish they use. And maybe Jimmy uses a hot route audible and somehow helps Roman win. Um, but, I mean, Roman's winning. There will be interference. Like I said, I think I'm just more spiting. I think it would be funny if they did the WrestleMania finish and then yeah. people would cry on Twitter just for my my enjoyment. Hey, me too. I, I, I'd be one of them. You can uh, keep an eye out for my tweet when that happens. Like like at Mania when it happened with Cody and then you texted me right after as you said you would. You lived up to your word. <laughs> Roman's going to win. LOL. Same thing on Saturday. So do you think the match is going to be good? That's another hot topic too because like LA Knight's not Bret Hart in the ring. Neither is Roman Reigns and... Roman's, they're not even hit or miss, because I feel like even the the fact alone that Roman's been champion for so long, you know he's probably not losing, but you I say probably, you don't know. Like, I think he's losing in a mania, but there's always the chance that they pull a shocking upset, and that, that little doubt alone, alone, makes those near falls great, especially with someone as over as LA Knight. I'm not saying it's the same match, but I feel like this kind of gives me Rock and Hogan vibes from 18, where, like, the crowd alone will carry the match more than anything they'll actually do in the ring. No, that sounds about right. I think the match will be a lot of fun. I, I mean, if it's a dud, it's a dud, but I think they would go in there and have a pretty fun match, and the crowd will is over behind LA Knight enough where it's going to make it a fun match, more than him doing a, you know, Tope Suicida or Roman Reigns doing a sharpshooter or something like that. So we'll see. I'm looking forward to the match. I'm looking forward to the show. It's going to be a fun time on Saturday afternoon, Crown Jewel. We'll talk all about it here on WrestleRant Radio next week. New episodes every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, Amazon Music. Be sure to rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss a new episode every single Thursday. Mr. Marceau, brother, enjoy the rest of the week. You got your birthday coming up in two weeks here on the show. I'm not even sure if I'm talking to you on your birthday itself, but that's the big count. For Screw Crown Jewel, you got the birthday coming up. Big 3-0 in two weeks. I'm I'm not sure if you want me to remind you of that, though. Oh, God, get out of remind me again. I know <laughs> two weeks. I literally two weeks in the day, so. Yeah. Alright, we'll see, pal. Exciting stuff, pal. I'll talk to you soon. Alright, see you. Join Graham, GSM Matthews, and RJ Marceau every Thursday as they run down their weekly wrestling rants, offer expert analysis, host exclusive interviews, and more. Subscribe today on all your favorite podcast platforms and never miss an episode of Wrestle Rant Radio.